I'm your co-host, Michael Soto. And I'm your co-host, Landon Phillips. And we are Gender Gender Curious. The ways human beings experience and understand gender is constantly changing and evolving because we, as human beings, are constantly changing and evolving. This podcast is all about exploring all things gender with curiosity and not judgment. This podcast is for everyone who, like us, is interested in learning about all things gender. As Ban Ki-moon said, achieving gender equality requires the engagement of women and men girls and boys. It is everyone's responsibility. Today we get to talk about the engagement of men, women, girls, and boys in achieving gender equality with our special cisgendered guests. Let's Let's get get curious. curious. Eric and Liz, thanks so much for being with us today. We're so glad to be here, Michael. Oh my gosh, we're thrilled to get to to do this episode with you. We've been looking forward to it since we like had the idea. We were like, oh my gosh, we need to talk to them. This is going to be so fun. But we just appreciate you all coming on to talk about your gender experience. We're glad to be here. <laughs> do you want to share a little bit about who you are with our audience? Uh, we're, uh, I'm Liz McDonald. Uh, this is my husband, Eric. And um, we have been in this space for about seven years. Yeah. Our uh, oldest son came out at that point, and we got to enter this beautiful color rainbow world. Um, we we have gotten the chance to help with parents and helping them to um, include and support and have resources for their children when they come out. And um, it's been such a, a blessing in our lives. And through this process, we've also had the chance to meet beautiful trans people, which we had not been able to do previously um, to that time. And it has uh, just enhanced our lives. That's amazing. Y'all do some incredible work in the community. I mean, I feel like you have not even uh, given our audience a sense of the impact you've had because every time I've been to your house, which is often, y'all are always inviting people into your home to have these conversations, to learn more from LGBT people, to learn more together about the world. And I just, every time I leave your house, I'm just like, feel like I just had the most beautiful experience ever. <laughs> that is kind. We are grateful. We, we call the room where we gather sacred space. Yeah. So, and we really think that. It yeah. is, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I moved to Arizona pretty quick after I came out. That was like my, my time to come out and transition was I'm moving to a new state start fresh I can start fresh being who I want to be so I came out and that was it was a transition for me it was also a transition for my family and my parents and you two have been such a huge resource resource and support to them since they've been here and kind of helped them adjust and learn how to be supportive and communicate with other parents and learn from other people's experiences and that's been super impactful for them which in turn has been impactful for me in strengthening my family so I love the work that you do I love the passion that you have for the LGBTQ community and then just for people in general. You're such compassionate and good people. I, I really appreciate what you do. Yeah. It's very kind. It's been good. <laughs> so we've got some fun questions for y'all, and okay. I'm so excited for this, because um, we're trans people. And so we've each told our stories. Uh, we had our first guest uh, on the last episode, uh, a trans man as well, named Cato. Awesome people, awesome stories. 
But we get to interview you two today about your gender experience as cisgender people, which for me is super exciting because I'm not a cisgender person. So I don't know what that experience is. So I can't wait to learn more. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to make it exciting. It's just, um, it's, a, it's a, an experience I don't even know how to explain because it's just uh, common in a way. Sure, yeah. Yeah. We're very did, privileged did, is what yes. it means, I think. Uh, yes. Because just, we haven't had to think about it right. matching, right? Right. There, 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 there was no thought mm -hmm. in my mind about whether I was a boy and what boys should do or don't do. or Sure. Yeah. It, it just wasn't even a, a contemplation. Fascinating. Oh, my gosh. That just from the get-go, it, it just boy worked for you. Yes. Wow. And and there was no there was no struggle with it, and yeah. so that's why, um, as we've gotten to know trans people, I can just imagine how difficult it could be to look in the mirror and not see, not feel like you see yourself. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that is a very troubling experience that I think both Landon and I have had looking in the mirror and not seeing yourself, not not being able to understand, you know, how how the world can't actually see you, but then also seeing this performance of gender instead of your authentic self. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you all have had the experience of your gender identity aligning with your sex or your sex assigned at birth. So... Eric, you said you've never questioned your gender. You were just, I was like, I'm a boy. It fits. These are boy things. This is my life. Yes. Yeah. What about you, Liz? For sure, that is true for me. I never have questioned that I was a girl. Um, a little bit different as a girl yeah. in that um, there are prescribed roles. Yep. And um, that is something that has not always sat well with me. And um, both in culture and in my faith community, um, there were certain things that were expected and that were my roles. And um, I've always kind of bucked up against that. I, it's not that I didn't want to uh, be a girl, but it's that for me, it's always seemed like I, men and boys can be nurturing caregivers, women can be providers, women can be, um, they can be mothers, but they can be also all kinds of other things. Yeah. And I I have always kind of pushed against those um, roles that said I had to be in a certain box and I didn't want yeah. to feel like I couldn't do anything and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of women have that experience, right? Of yeah. Gender roles are so strictly enforced for yeah. girls and women. Mm -hmm. What was the first gender role that you were like, no, I want, I, this is not just the only thing I can be? Yeah, I mean, uh, going, I mean, I'm sure earlier, but but when I was going to college, a lot of the girls and women that I was going to go to school with, their whole goal in going to college was to get, I mean, they said their MRS to be, <sighs> to get married, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was ridiculous. I was going to get my education. Yeah. I was going to have a job, a profession, and um, yeah. It wasn't that I was opposed to getting married, but that was not the goal of my education. And so that's one example. But And, and I just didn't like that I didn't have um, authority over most anything yeah. in any sphere. 
my parents didn't raise us that way. My dad was definitely not um, patriarchal in that way, and I didn't realize that most of the world was that way because of, of that. And so um, I was raised a little bit differently that way, which awesome. I appreciate in retrospect. Definitely, yeah. My house was just the opposite. Really? We were very patriarchal in our house. <laughs> okay. How, what was that experience like for you as a little boy? Um, again, it was nothing was questioned. Yeah. You just you just flow. You just flow with the you go with the flow. Gotcha. And 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 you know what? That is exactly why a cisgender male or many cisgender men have difficulty understanding your path because they figure, well, I never had anything, any kind of an inkling of difficulty. Why do you? Yeah. Why would anyone else? And you have to step back and appreciate that mm -hmm. and realize just because you didn't have any difficulty, just because I didn't have any difficulty doesn't mean other people don't have difficulty and you have to be able to appreciate that yeah mm -hmm. yeah being a square peg in a square hole does <laughs> yeah. not mean that all the other shapes of pegs now have to fit uh, into the yeah, the yeah. Same and that's exactly what i was yeah uh, square peg in a square hole everything fit perfectly interesting and it's only now that you go back and look at wow you were kind of lucky that mm -hmm. I, I you could use the word privilege but you're just kind of lucky in a way that you didn't have the same kind of difficulties. But that, nowadays, makes me appreciate your journey more. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Realizing that I didn't have the same difficulties that you guys had. Yeah. Do you think, um, and this, I'm just, this question just occurred to me, listening to Liz, your story. Eric, do you think for you, for as a man, a cisgender man, that you just fit always, do you feel like, Liz, as your wife, as your companion in life, who's been able to share with you her frustrations with gender roles as a cisgender woman, maybe prepared you a little bit to meet trans people? And Oh, well, I, I'm not sure I ever felt a preparation okay. for sure. where we are now. Yeah. But it has been good, and it has been a learning experience for me to have be married to someone like Liz who has pushed up against um, the typical roles yeah. that have been um, put on us yeah. in, in our particular lives. Um, my kids are blessed to be far more appreciative of the different uh, roles and sexes and uh, traits of people they have they have a different understanding of it than I ever did yeah when I was their age do you think having um, children also especially daughters that you watched um, grow and have to navigate the world do you think that that also affected how you thought about things D let me rephrase that. So did having the two daughters we have help expand me? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think, I think once you have kids and you see them struggle with uh, life and the roles that uh, 
society puts on girls makes you step back and, and realize, hey, you know, my, my daughter shouldn't be limited. She should be able to go on and get this education or that education or pursue this career or that career. I do remember um, believing as I was younger or just newly married that men would be better at certain things and women are better at certain things. I was, again, I came from a home that was very orthodox, right. religiously and very patriarchal. Yeah, so that was just the worldview that made sense. And yes, yeah. yes, yeah. and I have discarded that now. I, I, I will tell you it's all discarded, but there was a time I believed a women, women could should just hold out and be maybe at the best political, and but men need to run business, and I, I don't know why I thought that. That's how you were raised, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's not correct. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's not correct, but that sharing, I appreciate your ability to be vulnerable and share that growth experience, right? Because that's we all are start life with a set of values and ideas that are typically other people's that they teach us and then we have to create our own values yeah, yeah. exactly mm -hmm. yeah. this experience this square peg square hole experience or even such Liz, a good metaphor <laughs> <laughs> thank you um but even Liz, like having to try to push and expand the definition of who you're allowed to be as a person um both of those experience um fit under and you identify yourselves as cisgender um and that is a label that not a lot of people know. Um, it's a new label at Scarcity Bowl. And they're like, what did you just call me? <laughs> no, no. Um, it's just yeah. a label meaning pretty much not transgender or not non-binary. And we, you kind of said earlier, like it's the common experience. Some people refer to it as like the default experience. Some people call it like normal gender versus transgender. Um, but that cisgender label is just as clear a category as transgender is. Um, how do you feel about that label? Is that something that you identify with or use? Um, what does that label mean for you? You know, as we entered this space, I probably wouldn't have known exactly what it meant. And um, But I have been able to, over the last seven years, explain to people what it means as I understood it. Yeah. And um, it does. It It's important to be able to... Um, it's not that people have to be put into a box or a category, but it does clearly explain that my gender matches my experience. And um, I, I don't have a problem using it. And I also uh, appreciate being able to help other people to understand what it means, because then it also helps people to understand what trans means, because a lot of people don't, you know, they just think it's about dressing or about surgery or whatever, and they don't really understand what that means. And so it's nice to be able to have that, to, to be able to explain the definition of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. precision, precision in language is important. I don't, as long as it's not used in a disparaging manner, um, I th do think precision in language makes some sense, yeah. just so we know who we're talking about. Yeah. I would not have known, I did not know what the term cisgender meant until probably within the first year that our son came out as gay. Oh, wow. And that's the first time I ever came across it in any meaningful way. Yeah. Um, and boy, I didn't know much about it. I didn't know anything about it. I kept asking people about it. And it took me a long time to understand it. Yeah. It's a teaching tool in yeah. a lot of yeah. ways, right? Just like language can be in multiple facets of our lives. I think this term in particular, cisgender, is a 
it's it's helped me understand trans identity better and be able mm-hmm. to articulate a clear um, different experience right. that cisgender people have mm-hmm. that was really hard before <laughs> when yeah. I tried to be like, well, well, I'm trans and you are, I don't know, I don't have a word for it, right. but right. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's a lot easier now to have sort of a different word um, that isn't better, worse, or, you know, right. it's just a different word. Just it's defines. Not, yeah. 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 It's kind of, forgive the fruity metaphor, but <laughs> like, I'm kind of thinking about it as like, everyone's fruit, but then there's oranges. Like fruit, oranges as a subcategory of fruit. Instead of, oh, there's bananas and apples and strawberries and raspberries and oranges is one of them, but everybody is their own type of fruit living unique experience. To me, cisgender is one of those like apple labels where it describes an experience that's different than the orange experience that doesn't just be default fruit and put the oranges in their own other category. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like there is no other anymore because everybody has their own label that's just as technical that describes their experience and now we are back kind of in the same group. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Humans. 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 That's true. <laughs> have you met folks that have a hard time with the word the label or the word or the idea around cisgender? And what has that been like? Or what have people articulated to you? Yeah, I've never had anyone be offended or mad. Yeah. But I have had lots of parents and lots of friends who are like, I don't know what that means. What is that? You know, so, no, I've never um, heard someone be offended. Yeah. But a lot of, there's, most people just don't even know what it means. Uh, Yeah, I think it's better than using the word non-trans. Yeah. (laughs) You know, nobody wants to be the non. Right. Um, You can... Again, it, there's just precision in language that is needed, and um, I think we use it as uh, as a way to explain the situation. And I don't think most people know what it meant any more than I knew what it meant. And it's good for them to. You've never learn heard about someone it. be offended. By no, it, never, yeah. never heard anyone. Oh, awesome. Don't call me cisgender. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love it when people embrace the learning experience and yeah. the evolution of language. I yeah. mean, language has changed a lot. Absolutely. In my lifetime, you know, it's, yeah, yeah really shifts, especially around things around gender and sexual mm-hmm. orientation. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever heard of anyone being offended at cisgender? Um, you know, the I, term? I read an article. This is the only person I've ever heard of that was offended by it, but William Shatner, oh. <laughs> Captain Kirk, was offended really? when he was being interviewed. And uh, Did he explain why? Uh, he just he, did not seem like he really explained why, but he said, I'm a man. I'm not cisgender. And, um, I, okay. Yeah, you this know, was I a th- long time ago. I should probably revisit yeah. that article. If, yeah. uh, <laughs> I can see it being used at, in, in a way of, you can't understand me because you're cisgender. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that that sounds a little bit disparaging, but it, as long as it's being described in the same way that transgender is being described, mm-hmm. yeah. we can use it in a pleasant way exactly. to differentiate between people. Yeah, well, and we should never weaponize language against people, yeah. right? That's that's not uh, that's not the point of these kinds of no. identities and labels. Right. It's to honor people's experience. Right. And yeah. never in an othering way exactly. in any of yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you find, if you do find anything um, challenging about being cisgender? You know what? I, I sent this question to my kids, and my one daughter chuckled and said, there's nothing challenging about being cisgender. Um, I, I really can't think of anything. It's, we have great privilege 
um, to not have had to have a word for it and to just be able to move forward in our lives without even thinking about it. Yeah. But beyond the fact that I'm a girl and he's a boy, but there's no, it's never been, um, I would say, not really a positive or a negative. It just exists. Yeah, I think it's a non-issue. Uh, all of us as humans have difficulties that we deal with in just yeah. everyday life, but that has nothing to do with being cisgender versus transgender. And I feel really badly saying that because yeah. I know that sounds like a lot of privilege because it is, but I don't... I, I have Th there is a difficulty that you all experience as opposed to non-transgender, cisgender. There just is a path that is difficult for one group versus the other. And I don't remember looking in the mirror and saying, man, it's difficult being a boy um, and, and, and having to uh, fit in this world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't think I ever experienced that. It was pr if I experienced anything, honestly, it would be, oh, I'm glad I'm not a girl. <laughs> nice. you know, really, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I had those thoughts as I grew up. And I've sure. always been really glad I was a girl. So, yeah. But, but again, I've I've expressed the only issues with that was just society and and yeah. you know, putting in a box of what I could or couldn't do or be. But besides that, no issues. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so if we if we set aside that difference, like if we if we say cisgender, not referring to cisgender as opposed to being transgender, mm -hmm. but we get rid of that distinction and we just say, what do you find challenging about being a woman? Mm -hmm. What do you find challenging about being a man? Because that would be your cisgender experience. Right. So without the context of thinking about like, mm -hmm. as opposed to being trans, mm -hmm. are there things about your gender identity, even if you love your gen gender identity, that are challenging? Is there anything challenging about the stereotype of being a man and what it means to be a man mm -hmm. that doesn't work for you or that you had a hard time coming to terms with? Or I'm, I know you've already kind of said that it fit, but you know, is there anything about being a man yeah. that's difficult? Or maybe you do embrace that, but it's a challenge. Um, I, would pro I would say that sometimes there is a stress of having responsibility to say financially support family. Mm -hmm. and, and there was an idea that that was something I had to do from the very beginning yeah. is pursue a path where I could financially support a family. And um, dealing with school, dealing with um, traveling that path could have been, it was something that I probably didn't love growing up, but that, but that's very different in my mind than um, do I like being a man or do I, do I have a difficult, do I have any difficulty being a man? Sure. Um, but there was a definite role that I mm -hmm. felt compelled mm -hmm. to engage in. Yeah. Um, everybody expected, <laughs> you know, as a boy in, in, in our particular religion and in our society that we would, that we would do, go up, I would be a Cub Scout, a Boy Scout, I'd participate in the church in a particular way, I would go in service and do a, a, a mission, I would go to college, and yeah, yeah there was a path that I, that, that was, that I had to follow, yeah. I felt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
it's a very clearly defined path in our collective faith. And, uh, the, the, it, there was it, there was never anything in that path to be nurturing right. and to say, oh, I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. Right. The, I, I never contemplated that. Oh yeah, I think, especially I think at the time when you were growing up, that would probably have been very oh. looked down upon. Oh actually. yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And you know, today, today we do see that. Yeah. And I always find that intriguing. And I'm not saying that that would be easier. Sure. But I do find that intriguing, where it was never even an option in my mind. Right. As I went from age 12 to 21. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Am I like? pounding on something no you're good (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah i i forgot the question Uh there you go yeah go ahead ask him yeah oh is is there anything challenging about being a woman regardless of being like cis versus trans but just the womanhood experience for you i'm probably just a positive person overall <laughs> but I love being a woman oh, I love that. it doesn't mean everything's been easy um, it's really you know I think maybe one of the things is one of the difficulties is being a stay-at-home mom um, as I, I wasn't going to be a stay-at-home mom when I went to school I, we graduated on the same day from Aww. ASU and um, I knew I wanted to have kids but I was gonna work yeah and after I had our first child, um, I had maternity leave, and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't leave her. Aww. And I did for the first year because he was still in school, but in law school, but, um, but I really felt like I wanted to be home. Yeah. And I'm grateful to have had that opportunity. Um, but you do always um, feel less than, like mm-hmm. we would go to different work uh, engagements or whatever, and people would say, what do you do? I'm a stay-at-home mom. You know, that doesn't really... I'm okay. Do you work for a living? I know. (laughs) I'm okay with that. But it it is a little difficult um, the way that other people view you. Um, I don't think... Anyway, I don't need to defend that choice. I'm so happy with the choice I made. Um, I've loved every minute of being home and running our lives. Yeah. But to think that people think that's not a profession or a job right. or that it, you know, I didn't have time off or holidays or, yep. <laughs> you know, it's a very challenging. I am so grateful to have done it and to have been able to make that choice. I'm grateful that Eric provided um, for our family, but, you know, people will say, well, that's Eric's money. No, no, we are a team yeah. and we work together and we've had a family together yeah. and we each just did our our things that helped it to all work out. So. Exactly. You each found the way that you contributed best yeah. to to your family. Yeah. And I mean, I could never be a stay-at-home parent. I, I don't have the patience, the skills, the practical skills, the yeah. logistical skills. Like Organizational. Yeah. I mean, you're like the manager. Like yeah. you're like the director of, you know, yeah. sort of making everything run smoothly. It's like air traffic control to an extreme of just with toddlers and teenagers cannot imagine good luck with that good luck seriously (laughs) like that's such a critical role yeah Uh, you know people don't still to to this day for parents to stay home i don't think there's enough appreciation for that that is a full-time 24 7 365 days a year job (laughs) that you never get breaks from yeah 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 wow yeah and you do hear 
Like, there is the stigma, I feel like, around stay-at-home moms. And then a dad changes a diaper, and everyone's like, he's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a selfless Oh, he's babysitting. Yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Can't babysit your own kids. They're your kids. <laughs> oh. That's funny. So on, on the flip side of that, that same coin, um, what do you love most about being a woman or being a man? Mm. Like, what are traits or roles or attributes of manhood or womanhood that you feel like you embody or you celebrate or you just love about mm. being yourself? Gosh, I love, um, I love fashion, which doesn't necessarily, not all women like that, but for me, that's a more feminine thing. Um, I love intellect. I love learning. Um, I have loved being able to impart that to children. Um, what else do I love about being a woman? I really, I, I love being a woman. Yeah. Well, women are awesome. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm more of a pessimist. So I, <laughs> I, I can't really say that I just love um, love working and love, I don't know. I, I just, I, I tolerate it all. Being a man. Yeah, I know, I'm just saying. I just, there, there's nothing in particular. I mean, I, I don't know. That's you're, a hard question. To you're a good father me. and you. Yeah, I like, I like being a I dad, but I, I. I think we're a good partnership in that. Sure. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm the best father and I'm the best husband. I try, but there, I have a lot of shortcomings, I think. We all do. Yeah. We all do. But so I, I don't think I'm very good at any of it. <laughs> your kids would say otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your kids and your wife sing your praises. Yeah. So as you sing theirs. So. Yeah. I, again, that's that's more. That's a more me thing, though. That's yeah. more of a. Are you an optimistic person versus kind of a non-optimistic person? Gotcha. I want to be optimistic. I try to be, but you know, <laughs> can be challenging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love being a man. It's one of my favorite things. I I just enjoy, um, and it, it's funny listening to you talking about the gender role, like mm -hmm. as you were growing up and the expectations. So I had the opposite in yeah. the same church and in my own family of a very different role prescribed for me that I was always like, absolutely not. This is, yeah. That sounds not like my life. And I want to be a, I want to get a profession. I want to go to college. I want to serve a mission, which my parents were like at the time, because this was a different time. We're like, right. no, no, girls don't serve missions kind of a thing, yeah. or you need to get married. That's mm -hmm. what you need to do. And I, I wanted to like support and provide for a family and do those things. And I don't have children, but I have supported my, my adult parents in their uh, aging years and supported my extended family in different ways. And I love that. I get such a kick out of like being that person that can like provide for my family and can That's do awesome. things like, I don't know. I love it. That's <laughs> great. I, there, there is, there is something good about that yeah. no doubt yeah no doubt yeah well and i've watched you and i've heard you say how the joy that it gives you to see our kids launch mm -hmm. yeah 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 I, I do think that's an important um, place for parents yeah is to s help launch your kids so that they can be successful and at that point you know i'm i don't need 
some fancy retirement. I just need to see, know that my kids are going to be okay. And so we do everything we can to, to help them be successful. Yeah. Go to school, get your degrees. He always says the sky's the limit. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful gift to your children to just help them, you know, yeah. really succeed in their lives early on. And I'm sure you've done that their entire lives, made sure that they have what they need and can do all the things they need. Um, I was wondering if you could, the unscripted question, um, can you share a little bit about what it's like to be parents of a gay child within a faith community that has very scripted roles for gender and sexuality? Mm -hmm. And has that been challenging for you all? And I know you've provided a lot of safety and solace for a lot of other families, but curious what it's been like for you. I think it's been very a tense filled life uh, to, to see the tension mm-hmm. of of having a, a child who doesn't really have a good place yeah. in the faith community in which you were raised. Um, that there there is a definite tension, at least in my mind, mm-hmm. um, and so you just you create a certain distance, at least I do, I create a certain distance with that sure. in order to make it survivable. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if you are going to a club and that club is mean, mm-hmm. you know, is not accepting of your kid, you go to a different club. And that's a real hard thing to do within the religious community. Yeah. And so all you can really do is kind of refocus, refocus your belief system, and that naturally creates a distance from where you used to be. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, watching, um, watching our child, you know, not like himself, because um, he felt shame uh, of who he was and is. Um, that's a really heartbreaking thing for a parent. And um, when you know their value yeah. and their worth. And, um, and so that, yeah, that's been a, that's been a challenge um, because I believe that God adores yeah. my gay son. Absolutely. And, uh, and that he is exactly who he's supposed to be. And so, um, yeah, that's, it's been a challenge yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> I can't fix everybody's thinking. I can't <laughs> fix an organization, but I can um, love and, sh- and show a safe place for others because yeah kids are growing up and coming out every day and um, I would like for younger kids to have a safer place than than my child had um, because he didn't come out until after his mission he was an adult and so um, as these kids are coming out younger and younger it it is something that that drives me to offer support for parents but also for kids so that they can feel loved and apart in a way that our child didn't. I think, I think as parents, um, being part of a, you know, being devotional members of a church Mm -hmm. 
you become more, you, you develop more of just an adult relationship with the church. Yeah. An adult relationship, just like this is here, where you have a mutual respect and, and, and allow space mm -hmm. as opposed to being devotional. Mm -hmm. At least, so that's how I have hopefully been able to create a relationship with the religious community that I used to be a, a more devotional part of. Yeah. It's more of an adult relationship now uh, where I feel like there's a table and we have equal seats mm -hmm. at the table. Everybody has an equal seat at the table. Um, anyway, that, I think that kind of helps explain it a little bit better. Yeah, that's really good. I, I'm wondering if that, that helps me understand it um, and also feels like uh, in our shared faith tradition uh, what Christ wanted for all of us, right? No. I know this isn't about religion, I so. so I won't talk too yeah. much about that. But um, I think, you know, you both have created such so much space and are such a great example as a mother and a father um, for other mothers and fathers on how to love their children when they come out. Has that, how do you, how do you understand that experience for yourselves as a mother and a father providing that space for your own child and for other people? When people start asking how they how they stay um, a member of their faith community and love their kid who their faith community doesn't accept. Yeah. I usually begin the conversation with interface with your kid as if religion doesn't matter. Religion's gonna take care of itself. Yeah. And I think what that does, we do that every single day. I, I, I have relationships and interface with people every day who have different ex religious experiences. And I can do that easily because I just don't, because religion isn't the driving force of that. And so you do that with your kid and you develop your relationship with your kid and all that other stuff just kind of starts taking care of itself. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, that's one way. That's great. What one. do you have? <laughs> you know what? We do, I get asked that question all the time, and um, I, I just feel like our family, which includes our children, is the most important thing besides my relationship with deity. And yeah. so that's where the emphasis and the, the focus is, yeah. and everything else will fall into place. And it requires a lot of nuance, a lot of not having all the answers, so to speak. Right. People, and that makes people uncomfortable. We want all the answers, but that's an illusion in my mind anyway. So um, I just focus on making sure that our children feel loved and supported. And I feel like that can help our kids be able to have a relationship with God if that is something that they want further down the road. But if we make it a negative experience, then of course that's not going to be something that they seek after or find any solace in yeah absolutely i've been having like a dialogue in my head by myself this whole time <laughs> my brain goes so fast and i'm like thinking things like i want to say and i'm like oh it's not that relevant but then we came full circle so i'm going to share what i've been thinking about okay um which is what you said about sorry i'm being so loud with my chair um what eric you said about having an adult relationship with your faith um which i feel like i developed when i was of deciding what I wanted to do faith-wise. And that's the same way that I feel about my relationship with gender as an adult mm. 
non-binary person mm -hmm. where I don't feel super a super strong pull towards like being a man or being a woman. Like I use male pronouns and present male and stuff, but I don't feel a need to like be a man. Mm -hmm. So I can assess gender kind of at a distance and kind of think this is what gender has been able to offer me. This is what I appreciate about gender. This is what I don't like. This is the type of relationship I want to have with gender. And then gender, instead of something that I like am fully the slave of, you know, I get to be the decider of how I want my gender to serve me and how I'm going to use that to serve the community. And it's the same thing I feel like with faith of having that distance and deciding how do I want to use this faith to serve my community? How does it benefit my family and how am I, you know, instead of just like this blind devotion that you were talking about. Um, so I think that is, that is really interesting, that ability to be, like make your own decisions about who you want to be. And that can be in your gender and that can be spiritually, that can mm -hmm. be with your career, that can be any, in any realm, everybody gets to choose who they want to be and being able to get that distance and to get that freedom and to realize I can choose in this scenario how I want to think and what kind of person I want to be is really powerful. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I love that. Thanks for sharing that, Landon. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, so we have a question here about <clears throat> what was the, have you had a specific moment of time in, or a specific time in your life when you became aware of the differences between yourself and others because of your gender and I think in some, you've talked about how you became aware of those differences in terms of sexual orientation especially because of your son, your amazing mm -hmm. son. Um, but what have those moments been for you in life when you had that sort of aha moment of like, oh, there's something different about me, my gender experience, and this other person or this other group's gendered experience? At some point, <clears throat> I had to narrow my belief system. Mm. And I narrowed it to a to basically this. Um, I don't believe God created any of us to discard us. Mm -hmm. And I believe that <clears throat> God create could have created us all the same, but specifically chose not to. And they, I refer to God that way, they created us very different from each other for a particular reason. And that showed that they liked the differences that they created. And this human life is about learning to appreciate the creation, which will in turn allow us to love God. And, and so once I, once I changed my belief system to be something like that, yeah. um, I have started to, I was able to fully appreciate the differences in people wow. way better than I used to mm -hmm. because I would not have yeah. um, in the early years of my life. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure I would have been just as strident and Black and white. Yeah, black and white. Yeah. Had we not have, had we not had a gay son. Yeah, absolutely. I love how, I love the, the way that you frame that and 
just that belief system makes a lot of sense to me, but I love also that it's a choice. Like you made an active choice, right? To shift the way you understood the world based on what you were learning yeah. because you're the dad of a gay son and you're like, okay, I got, I got to grow. I got to learn here. And that's an active choice of mine to reframe the world. The, the other, the other belief system just didn't make sense to mm -hmm. me anymore. Yeah. And I had, and as I contemplated my relationship with God, that's kind of what developed. Wow. Liz found out that apparently that was kind of what Michelangelo believed. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I, Whoa. He, he said God did not create us to abandon us. Oh, and Eric's always said he didn't create us to discard us. So I, when I was reading this book about him, I said, that. he goes, oh, I said that. I said, well, he said it first. <laughs> um, but just to piggyback off that, and then also from what I said at the beginning about how our life has become so much more colorful and rainbow, um, and just about the diversity of God's creation, if you just even look out in nature, you know, if we only had one kind of flower, it'd be pretty. But because we have a plethora yeah. of varieties and colors and shapes and in different climates, and it just makes the world beautiful. Mm -hmm. And to think that that doesn't also apply to humans is, yeah. Yeah. I think, ludicrous. And I, I appreciate all of that beauty. I appreciate all the beauty in history and in art and all of those things. Why would I not? do that with the greatest creation, mm -hmm. which is humankind. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, wow. my gosh. <laughs> I'm, like, so inspired right now. I've got little <laughs> goosebumps because I'm like, this is so beautiful. And what a wonderful way for all of us to think of one another as this beautiful creation that's so diverse that we get this wonderful opportunity to learn from each other. I mean, what's cooler than that? Yeah, <laughs> by getting to know it. you better and loving you better, I learned to love God better. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, again, goosebumps. Just yeah. both of you are so inspiring. Oh, I love that. That is very cool. Yeah. Was there a time um, in your young life, you talked about, Liz, um, like being like being raised in a family that was not so patriarchal, but at mm -hmm. some point the patriarchy became apparent to you. At some yep. point you started to realize like, oh, I'm seen as less than, mm -hmm. or you know, like that side of your experience kind yeah. of began. And sometimes it's hard to tell when, you know, if you've had a rock in your shoe since you learned how to walk, it's hard to realize yeah. that your foot is in pain. Yeah. So was there specific experiences or a time that you can recall that you realized like, oh, being a woman is different than being a man? I mean, I even remember watching in, in our faith community, 12 year old, young men get to pass the sacrament. And I remember being mad about that. Yeah, Because um, I thought, well, I can pass sacrament. Anyway, so I think it was pretty early on that I started to notice, notice the differences. Yeah. Um, and one, and also, you just look on the stand, and it's all men. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my mom would be up there leading the music. But besides mm -hmm. that, you know, so it just, yeah, from a very young age, yeah. I noticed those things. Mm -hmm. And it didn't sit well with me. I think I was pretty vocal about it, but, <laughs> I, you know, what could I change? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you do change by just being who you are. You change yeah. the world around you. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, three and three. I mean, uh, yeah, we're three the Brady Bunch. I yep. love it. Oh, my gosh. I remember the frustration I felt 
in as a young person who was perceived by everyone to be a young woman um, that my younger brothers sort of had more authority within our faith mm-hmm. system than I did and that they could do things like pass the sacrament that I yeah. couldn't when I was older. I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, yeah. they are so much younger than me and they're wonderful. I love my brothers. Yeah. Hi, brothers. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, like feeling yeah. that inequity yeah. in a sacred space yeah. felt so frustrating to me because I was just like, why am I not good enough? You know, right. like, why... I don't know. That was always the, you know, mm. oddly, I never thought of it even as a. Pr- I thought of it as a chore. Really? <laughs> why? Oh my god! Why gosh. do I have to pass the sacrament? I love it. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> uh, it, again, it was like I felt like I was chained mm-hmm. to travel a certain path. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and boy, I, I, but I was gonna make it happen. Yeah. But oh dreariness of having to pass the sacrament oh no okay do you feel that way about ties too because my brothers are not big fans of ties i love them oh yeah i'm i'm kind of moving away from the whole tie world okay i feel like it uh i don't know too formal Mm -hmm. but i've gone through all of my all the ties i went i had the traditional tie i had the skinny ties when i was (laughs) doing a mission then uh, I, I, I moved into bow ties for a while. Very nice. And then I, got, I even went into bolo ties for a little while. Wow. Now I'm just kind of a no tie okay. person. <laughs> I would love to show up without a tie. That might be happening soon. <laughs> bold. <laughs> That's a bold choice. Yeah. I like it. But, but you know, all I do it really is sit in a closet and, 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 and record the... the um, YouTube. YouTube for the sacraments. Oh, that's nice. I love that. That's what what my job is, is something like this. Very cool. I'm supposed to be technical, but I'm not very technical. (laughs) I really don't know how any of it works. (laughs) Well, you know which buttons to push. Yeah, I know the five buttons to push, and that's about it. That's all that matters. That's what makes me the specialist. (laughs) 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 But I can do that without a tie. That's true, you could. Yeah. You could. Uh, so we have a big question uh, probably to wrap up with because mm-hmm. it's getting to be that time. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like I looked 30 time seconds flies. ago and it was only 30 minutes in. I know, right? Wow. And it goes by so fast. Yeah, and you all are amazing guests. And this has been so much fun. Um, the big question to end on, what does being a man or a woman mean to you? And you don't have to answer the like politically correct, nope. fully inclusive. Like, no. I believe that there's as many definitions of being a man and being a woman as there yes. are men and women. So yep. just yeah. for, for you, what does that mm. mean? Yeah, I think it for me, being a woman means powerful, mm-hmm. strong, uh, compassionate, um, smart, um, capable get in there and get it done (laughs) yes the joke in my family is from a very young age um i would always say do it self (laughs) that's the kind of gal i am and i've been that way from the get-go so i can see that yeah yeah you get it done you're just (laughs) a natural leader something like that (laughs) Hmm. what does being a man mean right now to me I would have answered the question a lot differently 20 years ago. Um, I think today, I I try, I see myself as 
someone who is trying to be a pragmatist hmm. when it comes to getting people to get along, yeah. um, using, using the resources we have to try to help make lives and um, others better, um, more comfortable, safer. So I think that's what it means right now to me. Uh, it, it, it's not, it's not in, in the past I would have said, oh, to be the provider of a home and the leader. And I don't, I don't see myself that way. I don't, I just, I want to be able to use our position to make other lives better. Yeah, that's awesome. It's a pretty great definition of being a man to supporting other people. Yeah. And Liz, you are such a natural leader. Oh my gosh, I would follow you anywhere. So, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with Liz leading. <laughs> She's amazing. How could you not? Be? And I and I can I can I can I can just Follow support that. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Oh, it's thank beautiful. You. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. I know it it, it does seem a little silly to have like a cisgender special episode, <laughs> yeah. because, especially with that mindset of like it being default gender right. or whatever. Um, but we really do appreciate hearing your experience and hearing what it's like to fit into a gender role, but then within that gender role and gender experience, how you still have room to push back right. and define yourself. Oh. And there is a privilege in yeah. being cisgender, and like I didn't have the privilege of fitting into my assigned gender role, but then I did have the privilege of getting to pick what gender roles I do and mm. do, don't want to follow. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, so everybody's gender experience is so full and so valid. And a lot of people think like a whole podcast about gender, that must just be for the trans people. Every single person experiences gender and our lives are defined by gender. I feel like to the same amount, the only difference is we had to think about it. Yeah, you maybe right. didn't have to think about it yeah. as much, but it's it's just as present for all of us. So we really appreciate uh, you sharing. And again, we appreciate everything that you guys do. Yeah. We love yeah. you guys, and oh. we're so grateful to have been here and, and get to have a conversation with you. Oh, we love you all, too. And you guys make the world better. Oh, my gosh. So do you all. <laughs> it's just a fan club of love. It always is. <laughs> That's how this, this podcast works. <laughs> but thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, it's been so much fun. And Landon, I just love co-hosting this podcast with you. It's just the you best. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Gender Curious. You can find us weekly on every major podcast provider on Facebook at Gender Curious Podcast, on Instagram at Gender Curious Pod, and on TikTok at Gender Curious. Please like, follow, and share, and it would mean so much to us if you could leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're using to listen. If you have any questions or just want to reach out, you can email us at hi, that's H-I, at gendercuriouspod.com. We'll be back next week with another episode, and until then, stay, stay curious. curious. Gender Curious is recorded at Full Swing Studios and is a member of the One Community Podcast Network.